This episode was recorded during the dual WGA and SAG-AFTRA strike. As fans and content creators, we stand in solidarity with the creatives currently on strike. There is power in a union. I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are rewatching the, the magic. magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. Well, uh, this is going to be our end of summer special. This episode will be releasing on Labor Day. So, yeah, that is the official end of summer. So what better way to do one last big summer, summer, summer spectacular than uh, with Mickey Mouse? Because it all started with the mouse after all. Uh, we decided that we were going to do the, you know, go back into the world of the of the Paul Rudish Mickey Mouse cartoons. Because uh, they were so much fun the last time we talked about him. And it, it's probably the best version of Mickey Mouse in the last, what, 20, 30 years, probably? Yeah. Before we get into all of that, since I did mention Labor Day, uh, one quick talk about labor, as in labor unions are... For the last for the last couple of weeks, our intro has been talking about the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes, but uh, things have definitely changed in the last couple of uh, weeks since we've uh, talked about that last. Yeah, there has been some big news at Disney just breaking over the last few days as we are recording, and that has been that. Uh, some Disney VFX artists, especially those that are working on site uh, on Marvel productions, have voted to form a union. I am slightly unclear at the moment. Please look it up. Um, there, I am slightly unclear on whether or not they're forming their own union or whether they are voting to try to get into... IATSE, which is like the stagehands union in uh, Hollywood. I'm still kind of waiting to to see on that. I've heard both. Um, So my information is still a little unclear. I apologize for that. Um, But yeah, no, they have overwhelmingly voted to unionize the VFX artists. Um, These are Less the people that are sitting at the computers doing computer graphics and more the people that you see um, wandering around in like green screen suits and, you know, working actually on the set, helping uh, do some of the uh, on set things. So bit of a different things these are people that are actually working on set uh to my knowledge um but yeah massive massive update there i wish them all the best of luck go get them everybody ought to have a union hot job summer becomes hot job fall yeah so good for them 
Yeah. So let's move on to our 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 features. Uh, we had chosen this short to talk about before uh, Wonderful Summer several weeks ago before current events, and that is the 1937 short Hawaiian Holiday, since it had to do with summers and vacations and stuff. But we wanted to take this moment to to give a shout out to the people of Maui. And uh, all of the and you know of the wildfires that's been happening there as of late. Our thoughts and our hearts go out to the people of Maui at this time and donate if you can. That's the best we can say at this point. Yeah, like I said, we had chosen this a long time ago to do for this particular thing, and this one was done, like we said, in 1937. So this was. Before Hawaiian statehood, um, when it was still just, you know, a protectorate and all of the U.S. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because it's really barely has anything to do with Hawaii. As uh, Other than the fact that they say Waikiki. Yeah, I mean... There's a little bit of, you know, they're wearing grass skirts and they're kind of doing the hula and uh, Minnie ends it singing Aloha Oi um, in a very kind of odd way. And if you know anything about the background of how and why that song was written, it's kind of heartbreaking to to hear that. We talked a little bit about it when we did uh, Lilo and Stitch, uh, and it's used to much more appropriate effect there. <laughs> Considering um, the ending, yeah. But the, um, you know, Minnie is just like, hey, here's an upbeat song with, you know, context I don't actually get. Um, the, you know, it has Mickey, like, playing something that I think is supposed to be a ukulele, but it's weird he's the way small. he does it. He's small, so a ukulele might just look like a regular guitar in his hands. But also he's playing it sort of like a slide guitar. Very steel guitar-ish. Yeah, he's got it laying down in his lap, and, you know, he's playing it that way instead of, you know, uh, upright like you would normally see somebody playing a ukulele. You know, it's, it's very weird. But Donald is also playing a ukulele, and that's also small like a ukulele. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. Uh, like, there, there might be something I'm missing there. Um, I, I don't think Walt Disney was really into into accuracy. At this point, in terms, yeah, of I mean, let, we could we could do we could start an entirely new podcast on cultural things Disney has messed up over the years. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there it is kind of interesting that everybody here, and we have several Disney characters. We have Mickey and Minnie, and then we have Donald, and then we have Goofy, and we have Pluto. And they're all having their own little 
side stories. Yeah, for like an eight minute cartoon, they put a lot into this. Yeah, because Mickey and Minnie are basically just sitting on the beach, dancing and playing music. Donald is having a fight with a starfish. Uh, Goofy is trying to learn how to surf. And water itself is plotting against him. Yeah, the ocean itself is trying to thwart Goofy, which I think is possibly the best storyline in this short. And then Pluto is having a fight with a crab. So those are our intersecting storylines. Yeah, I mean, Mickey and Minnie are not giving much to do, despite this is being... Despite this being advertised and presented as a Mickey Mouse cartoon, the beginning of this cartoon says a Mickey Mouse cartoon. This is just, this is really one third Donald, one third Goofy, one third Pluto. And Mickey and Minnie are just there. They don't have anything to do. The funniest thing Mickey does in this cartoon is wave his hands above the guitar strings and it just stretches and makes it yeah and he does like he makes his hands do a little dance routine on the guitar or ukulele or whatever he's playing yeah and then and then Minnie is just hula dancing so they're just on a regular vacation and the, the, the vacation for Mickey and Minnie seems to be going perfectly. It's everybody else that's having a bad time. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that I think this is one of the best Goofy shorts that is not marketed as a Goofy short. Yeah. This could have been lengthened and just been a goofy short. This could have been like Goofy learns to surf. How to surf. Yeah, how to surf with Goofy. I think there actually is a how to surf cartoon, so they might have just took an inspiration from this to make that short. But this has some of my favorite like animation jokes in it. Like it it has one of my all-time favorites which is Goofy finally gets the crest of the wave and then the wave falls out from underneath them and then the surfboard falls out from underneath them and he's just hanging in midair and it's that cartoon gimmick of gravity not working until you notice that there's nothing underneath you. Yep. And then Goofy looks down and then he's like, you know, and then he falls and I I love that joke. I don't know why that joke works so well. It's just a classic cartoon joke. I mean, every cartoon, I mean, from Mickey Mouse to Looney Tunes, it's just, it's a classic. The classic bit. Yeah, but I don't know why, you know, I mean, here we are in our 40s and that still makes us laugh. Yeah. We've been seeing it since we were toddlers. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why that would make a toddler laugh. Why does it make a 40-year-old laugh? 
I don't I, know, but it does. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and I love it. But I think my favorite thing is that there's so little dialogue in this one, because most of it is, you know, sight gags. Yeah. But some of the little dialogue that we get is when finally Goofy gets the hang of surfing and he's doing well and he's like, I got it. I got it. And the wave itself goes, oh, do you? And grabs, like, turns into a hand, grabs the surfboard out from underneath them and uses it as, like, a baseball bat to whack him out of the ocean and onto the beach in which he, like, digs into the dirt and his surfboard is the headstone. And his surfboard becomes the head because the, the wave throws the surfboard onto the beach and it becomes the headstone of a little grave <laughs> of Koofy. And I was like, I was not expecting that. And I just had to stop and laugh at that for far too long because of all the things in this short, th the wave just being like, Seriously? You gonna try to surf me? Okay. I'll show you what for. Like, I was not expecting that. Especially not in a 1937 cartoon. Because that seems like way too modern of a joke. You would see that in a Looney Tunes short of the same time. Not in a Disney, in a, in a Disney short. Yeah, that, I think that too. I didn't think about that. You're right. That seems very much like a Looney Tunes joke and not a Disney joke for the time. Maybe that's why it got got to me so much. There is a lot of, of what I would call Looney Tunes humor in this cartoon. Since it's a lot of it is sight gags and and and, and very little dialogue. And like like I don't remember this cartoon very well, but I remember the little music cue of the crab and Pluto kind of walking, doing both doing crab walks, do 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 like that. As soon as I heard that music to you, something clicked in my head. Like I remember this. Well, that music cue is so infamous, though, and it's also used in a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons. And I don't remember what it's called, but it's a super famous music cue, and. One of my other favorite jokes in this, which is, you know, listen to an audio podcast, try to tell you about a visual joke. But um, they've got this really adorable looking crab in there that has such a great character design. And the crab is squaring up against Pluto and it pushes the top half of its shell forward like the like gangster characters do like the the 1950s heavies or whatever <laughs> then well i mean it wouldn't cuz this is earlier so you know it's like but it it looks like the the kind of old school chicago gangsters yeah. You know, and you kind of almost expect if this was a human character, it's the way they push the bowler hat down. And then th the next thing in a human character would be to like roll up their sleeves. 
But of course, it's crab, so it doesn't have any sleeves. But I just love the way that it pushes the top of its shell down over its eyes as if it were the bowler cat. You know? It even does, like, the the, the tobacco spit. Yeah, and you're like, where did that come from? Because you're not chewing anything, and you don't really have a mouth to be seen in the character design. But, you know, they, they do that. So... I just love the weird kind of untouchables bit that it does. I mean, like I said, this just feels like a 1930s, 1940s Looney Tune cartoon more than a Disney cartoon, especially, you know, lack of there really is no narrative. It's just small vignettes of these characters doing something on a beach. It just happens to be there's grass skirts and ukuleles and and lays yeah and vaguely hawaiian sounding music Mm -hmm. uh through most of it the thing is though is that there's a lot of good content in there i mean it, it doesn't with the exception of them being like you know here's some touristy kitsch that mainlanders associate with Hawaii it doesn't really feel like Hawaii to me you know this could this could be any beach anywhere this could be like like Mickey's like, Florida vacation Mickey's I mean could be California, California beach yeah. vacation you know take away the grass skirts and the lays and give it slightly different music and you could put it on a beach anywhere yeah um so that's they just wanted it to feel slightly exotic you know mm-hmm. but the the actual narrative doesn't really do anything it's just characters doing beach stuff for a short that is characters doing beach stuff it is kind of entertaining yeah i mean donald and mickey and minnie don't really get as much to do donald screams at a starfish and that's and burns his tail feathers yeah That's kind of his entire arc. And then Mickey and Minnie just kind of play instruments and dance and make googly eyes at each other and end of their story. But the stuff with Goofy and Pluto, I really liked. Yeah. Why you gotta be mean to the dogs in Disney? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, sometimes Goofy kind of brings it on himself because he... He does try to go a little bit overboard. You know? Yeah. He's like, you know, all shucks, I'm going to go out and be a champion surfer. You know, it's like, well, yeah, but maybe take some lessons first. I don't know. I mean, it's just, hey, I'm on the beach. There's waves. I'm going to surf. Pluto, on the other hand, Pluto does not deserve anything that happens to him in this entire short. No, no. All I mean, a lot of it is victim of circumstance because there's Donald with the starfish. He rips the starfish off his butt. Okay, so he's hula dancing himself. He gets too close to the fire they have, burns his butt, and then puts his butt into a little pool of water. 
and then it gets a starfish attached to it, so attached to his butt and rips the starfish off and throws it. It just happens to land on Pluto, which sets his entire thing in motion of him getting the starfish off of him, him getting stuck into a seashell and a seashell having a crab in it. So, like, all of that was just because of Donald. Because Donald wasn't watching where, where his butt was shaking. <laughs> Always watch where your butt is shaking. Apparently. You know, I think that that is the most profound thing we have ever said on this podcast. <laughs> And I mean that in all sincerity. You should always be aware of where your butt is shaking. <laughs> but it's still a good cartoon. It's still a classic. So, yeah. So let's move on to our main feature. The wonderful summer of Mickey Mouse. Because what says summer more than going to see the fireworks? And Kiki, as someone who has a dog, you must love fireworks. Yeah, I love fireworks, especially since my state has basically made it just legal to, to shoot off fireworks whenever the heck you want. So people do that all the time. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. Nope. But yeah, let's get back to the Paul Rudish Mickey Mouse shorts. We've talked about a couple of them before. When we did our Mickey Mouse shorts episode and just about a few weeks before we made this recording, they released what would end up being the final uh, Mickey Mouse short, the Paul, the final Paul Rudish Mickey Mouse short, Steamboat Silly. And sadly, Disney has elected to not continue the series, thinking, uh, saying that they're going to take the take Mickey Mouse into a different direction, which... On one hand, I'm very sad because, like I said before, this is probably the best Mickey Mouse shorts, the best Mickey Mouse anything of the last 20 years. But also, these shorts have been going on for about 10 years now, so I can understand why Disney would want to go into a different direction and not risk these um, this particular style to go stale, even though it kind of hasn't in the last 10 years. Yeah, and this particular short is just from last year, 2022. Yeah. The Wonderful Summer of Mickey Mouse. The plot of this 30-minute special is that the gang is going to go to the Summer Fireworks Spectacular. We're never given a specific date of what this is. So, uh... Pick whatever point in time uh, in summer that you would watch fireworks and uh, pretend it's that. And uh, the point is that they have missed the fireworks every year and they've decided to make an effort to not miss the fireworks this year to get the perfect viewing spot. And then everything goes wrong. I love the beginning of this because it looks all calm and serene. And then... Mickey is being chased on boats by everybody. I yeah, because we, we only see, like, Mickey out in front by himself, and then all of a sudden we see the chaos coming behind him, which I love, you know, because we get no context. It starts right at the end, 
with Mickey being chased by just helicopters and mega yachts and jet skis and all kinds of speedboats and everything. And then he a car, which for some reason is on the water and carrying just all sorts of garbage on it, you know, and then Mickey crashes into the fireworks, you know, stand that is supposed to be, you know, the, the main place where the fireworks are being let off and you know, the bandstand is and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We get the rest of the thing in flashback as the mayor tries to figure out exactly who is responsible for destroying the fireworks display pavilion. But I just love that this entire thing is both kind of a shout out to Rashomon and kind of a shout out to uh, Orient Express. Because it's all told in flashback as we see everybody else's perspectives. So there's your Rashomon. And also, spoiler alert, it turns out that everybody is responsible. So there's your Orient Express. <laughs> um, and I just love it as we go through all of our main characters. So we've got Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Daisy and Goofy. I love how many have okay, so the 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 one scene I wanna I wanna talk about first because I, I find it hilarious is their respective phones. Because Mickey has an 80 style brick cell phone. Minnie has a very posh silver phone for her home. Donald has a regular old phone for his home. Goofy has a tin can on a string, and Daisy has an iPhone. With, and my favorite thing is that when Daisy answers her phone, the group call is called Fab Five. I was going to mention that. Yeah, they are the Fabulous Five. The fan term that they people have made for these five characters. And I, I thought that was so cool. You know, they have a thing where, like you said... They have missed, they have shown up late to this event every single year. And so they always get basically the worst seat in the house. And they're never able to see the fireworks because there's always something blocking them. Other people or a billboard or whatever. Um, So Mickey wakes up at 2 a.m. and calls them all and he says, I'm going to go take my boat and get a good spot and all you have to do is show up on time to see the fireworks because I'll be there waiting. And then apparently from Mickey's perspective, he falls asleep and has a dream that he gets there on time and gets the perfect spot and then he wakes up and realizes he's late. Boy, Mickey, I feel you because that is me. That's how we get back into Mickey's story. The beginning of, him, of this thing, yeah. Him rushing 
and he's trying to get out in front of people, and then they're like, hey, he's cutting wine, you know. So that's how we get Mickey's bit of him rushing and trying to get there, and then there's a big crash, and he ends up crashing into the fireworks stand. But Mickey's is weirdly the least interesting of all the stories. The least problematic, at least. Well, yeah. Because it, he is just a victim of circumstance. Like, he just happened to oversleep. That was his one mistake, is that he overslept. Everybody else... Because <laughs> at this point, we switched to Minnie's perspective on the thing, and... Okay, it's she has taken it upon herself to prepare a a to prepare food for them while they watch the fireworks. And she there's a nice little gag as she's baking pies and you think it's going to be a Snow White Cinderella moment where all the woodland creatures are helping her bake, but she goes, "Ew, rodents, get out of here." They didn't even wash their hands. Yeah, that was one of the best things because it's another one of those Disney deconstruction things. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all the little birds and squirrels and stuff, but they're helping put the decorations on the pies and stuff. And you're like, oh, of course, Minnie's like a Disney princess kind of character. And, you know, she's going to be like, oh, thank you for helping. You know, like, no, no. She's like, ew, get out of here. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, you're a mouse. She has she has cooked so much food for this little trip to the marina to see the fireworks that she can't even fit all of the food in her car. So she has to tie a tarp over her car just to fit all of this food in. Very comical, very cartoonish. Like I said, you would not see this kind of gag in your old school Disney cartoons. And as she's driving down to the marina, everything goes wrong. wrong uh, everything goes wrong. The tarp falls off her car. So now she has to drive at it sl slower than a snail's pace because there's a gag where a snail actually passes her by, telling her to speed up. Yeah, it's an old gag, but a fun one. Yeah, again, it's that old Looney Tunes gag. So just so she doesn't drop any of the food that she's prepared. And it's swerving, and she's trying to not excuse me she's trying not to to drop the food which causes a traffic jam because there's always one there's always one person that starts a traffic jam <laughs> yep and this one just happens to be mini and as all of the other cars just ha have had it with her swerving by her having her almost drop any of the stuff and Everything's going wrong for Minnie. Her ice cream is melting. For some reason, she has had she has packed Mentos near the sodas, which is a nice gag. Yeah, and that gets loose and ends up rocketing her into the air, <laughs> which knocks her into a helicopter, which is there for some reason. <laughs> we'll get back to that. And she also has a little... Um, Flotation device in the shape of a unicorn, which ends up on her head. 
This is why we, at the beginning of this short, we see a little yellow unicorn driving a car. That's turns out it's Minnie with this flotation device on her head. <laughs> Just like it's 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 hard to describe it because it's like it needs to be watched. Like and and then we we pick back up at the beginning of of the short with the car chasing after Mickey, which we now know is Minnie. Which also crashes, which now both Mickey and Minnie have crashed into the fireworks stand. Yeah. And then we go back to my favorite of all of them, which is Daisy. It is the funniest one of the five, I will say this. Daisy is like like poor Daisy. Like most of the stuff that happens to Daisy, again, it's circumstance, but it's also her misunderstanding the the verbiage of her friends because they say be on time and she hears it in a very sarcastic tone because she was late to a party once by like two minutes or something and she doesn't want to show up to a party early because she did that once and had to make small talk with Mickey which was the worst thing ever yeah, I love the way Mickey is portrayed in this, that he's he's just the worst. <laughs> That's one thing about the rudest shorts. They, they're not afraid to make Mickey an idiot. Yeah, I love it. And it's like, like you can just have a loop of that five seconds of them. Oh, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I've I've been to that party before. I've had that conversation. It is exactly like that. So she has planned that she will get there on time one way or another. And she oversleeps. But she's going to get there. So she just has to go out to her car. And why is her car a pancake? That's what woke her up. Because she's asleep. She hears a crash. Which wakes her up five minutes before she's supposed to be there. Guess she forgot to set her alarm. I feel you, Daisy. <laughs> and, like, she goes out there, she sees her car is now a pancake. Doesn't know how that happened. She tries to catch a cab, and it's, she can't catch one because all of them are going to the marina for the fireworks except one who is on his break and it is the fun this whole scenario is the funniest thing ever because daisy completely breaks like she's trying to get on a bus she's even trying to get on a garbage truck to get to the marina and she just hulks out rips the no i love that she tries to she tries to get on the garbage truck she jumps in the back of the garbage truck the truck stops and a group of possums in the back of the truck hurl her out of the garbage which was the weirdest I was like the hell and I was not expecting that I just love that there are possums like taking the garbage truck to the marina and they're like no 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 this is a possum only zone no ducks allowed <laughs> yeah one of the possums is driving the car yeah, there is a possum in the front of the garbage truck. Like, no, 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 no. This is this is possum transportation only. Get out. <laughs> and we get a cameo of Susie the Little Blue Coop. 
which that is that is a deep cut. Before Lightning McQueen, there was Suji the little blue coop. And she's trying to hitch a ride and it she gets Suji just passes her by. Tries to get on a bus, tries to get on a garbage truck, and they kick her out. <laughs> and it's like she just loses her mind. She hulks out, rips the cab, sits in the back seat. It's with this animation, it's this off-model, angry animation that looks right out of Ren and Stimpy, looks at the bu- looks at the taxi driver and just yells, Drive! Yeah, I, had- I don't know where that voice came from, but it was awesome. I had to st- I had to pause this and like laugh nonstop for five minutes. Like that is the funniest Daisy has ever been. <laughs> Again, Again, uh, there are so many points where just at one point or another, I was like, I feel what this character is going through. And yeah, this this is this is very much just hard relate. So and, and, and Daisy almost makes it before she ends up in the traffic jam that Minnie caused. Yeah. And then we get to another part where I was like, ooh. This is where the shorts have nailed one of the Disney characters that a lot of people kind of get wrong. Because we actually get Daisy hopping out of the the cab and just deciding to run for it. And she sees Scrooge McDuck's mega yacht coming down the river. And Scrooge is like, oh, hey, Daisy, what you doing? She's like, trying to get to the marina. And he's like, well, why didn't you take a cab? Like, all the cabs are full. Why didn't you take the bus? Too full. You know, like, and... What happened to your car? In the shop. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, is, like, it keeps going back and forth to, like, Scrooge having all of this space on his yacht. He is keeping pace with Daisy, Daisy is keeping up with the yacht, let's be honest. Well, yeah, like, Daisy is is doing, like, some, like... Track and field here. Yeah, like, Daisy is out doing Usain Bolt in this one, but, <laughs> like, she... They keep going back to, like, Scrooge, like, having a lobster and being like, oh, that's too bad, you know? And I was like, this is the first time they've really nailed Scrooge McDuck being a typical billionaire. Yep. And eventually, there is a point where the yacht has to go under a drawbridge and Daisy runs up the drawbridge and jumps onto the yacht right in front of Scrooge. And Scrooge goes... Superhero landing. Yeah, and Scrooge is like, oh, why don't you just come with us? And Daisy's like, yeah, thanks. It just commandeers the yacht. And I was like, that is the best version of Scrooge McDuck as, like, a real-life billionaire. Yeah. Like, doesn't even think to help somebody until the person is, like, right in front of them being like, I'm just going to be here on your boat coming with you, you know? Like, I'm taking this boat now. Yeah, and she just floors it 
full speed into the fireworks. She would have made it if she didn't run into like a million jet skis. We'll get to that. <laughs> so all of these jet skis are crashing into the, the yacht, knocking it up into the air. And so now the, the jumbo yacht that Daisy's on, <laughs> Mickey in his boat and Minnie in her car crash into the fireworks stand. So like, so now there, that's three. <laughs> but I do love how like, yes, it's, it, you know, like, yeah, I crashed into it, but I still got here on time. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and one of my favorite things is that Daisy's watch is a Mickey Mouse watch. Yep. It's one of those old school Mickey Mouse collector's watches. And like she's so she's her mind is so shattered that she believes the watch is talking to her. You better get there on time. Which get, which uh, brings us to Donald. Oh, Donald. So Donald, it, Donald is just his way of hearing the phone call is completely different to the rest. Is that he believes that Mickey's going to screw up because. In all past years, Mickey has screwed up, and he has no reason to believe Mickey won't screw up again. So he doesn't trust Mickey to get the job done. He's going to do the job himself. So he's built a helicopter. So yeah, this is where the helicopter comes in, because Donald, instead, he could have rented a helicopter, but no, he had to buy a helicopter, piece by piece, and put it together, and he left some pieces out because it's Donald. And apparently, he doesn't he doesn't need to learn how to fly a plane, uh, fly a helicopter because hey, I know how to fly. I'm a duck. Where's Launchpad when you need him? <laughs> uh, Launchpad probably would have done a better job. And he said his first instinct is to pick up Daisy at her place because again in his mind Mickey's going to screw it up and he's going to pick up Daisy at her, her house and they're going to fly in the helicopter and see the and see the fireworks from the helicopter and then he crashes right into Daisy's car so this is how Daisy's car gets destroyed oopsie yeah and I do like how after the flashback ends Daisy said wait you destroyed my car yeah so, yeah, so he continues going. He's seeing, you know, after he lands on, on Daisy's car, he sees Daisy frantic in, in her house trying to get ready to go. He's just, yeah, I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> As he heads to the marina himself, he ends up crashing into Minnie's oversized food bag, gets food on his helicopter, Everything goes haywire. He's trying to slow down, and he and the and he hasn't installed that piece because he quick cut back to Donald's place, and one of the pieces he never installed in the helicopter was the brakes. Oopsie! And now it's and now he crashes into the fireworks display. So it's now all four of them. Are now crap, but Donald refuses to take any blame. Like it's not my fault. I didn't do anything. 
I, you know, it's it, it's all your fault. I, I, I did everything right. Because, of course, Donald would never take any of the blame when he did something wrong. At least it's in character for Donald. Yo. Like, he's pointing the finger at Mickey, Minnie, and, and Daisy. It takes cojones Donald to point the finger at your girlfriend and says it's her fault. I mean, sure, I literally pancaked your car, but it was your fault. Try that. Try that on your girlfriend and see how it works. Yep. Please send me an invitation to your funeral. <laughs> yep. And then finally, we get Goofy, who is more than happy to share his side of the story. Because it turns out uh, Goofy, this at least this incarnation of Goofy, lives in a trailer in a trailer uh, lives in a trailer that's already on the marina. So he's already there, which it makes it even more hilarious that Mickey's trying to find a spot, not realizing Goofy already has the perfect spot, and somehow it is in in character for Goofy to be so dare I say dim-witted to not realize he already has the perfect spot. Yep. But since he's already at the marina, he wants to get some summer fun for his friends when they arrive. So he looks around the beach to see what kind of summer fun he can have with the gang. There's a tandem bicycle. There's uh, a beach ball. We get a we get a a cameo, another cameo from Practical Pig of the Three Little Pigs. Uh, we get a couple of kids throwing a frisbee, and um, kids on a watermelon with lard on it. You ain't from the South, is you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain this to me? <laughs> so it's kind of like the the reverse thing of like a grease pig contest, mm. uh, where you grease pig and try to catch it. But if you don't have a pig, you grease a watermelon, and then you try to see who can like actually grab hold of the watermelon. Ah, uh. yeah. In the water? Yeah, well, sometimes it's it's fun to do in the water. Like, if you've got, like, a lake or something, you don't want to do it in, like, a swimming pool, because that'll gunk up your your works, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you've got, like, a pond or something out back, yeah, because the watermelon will float, so you're not going to lose the watermelon. And then, you know, lard and water, you know, fat and water don't mix. Mm. So... It'll still stay slippery and it won't wash off. Um, and so, yeah, you go in there and you swim around and you try to grab the watermelon. Okay. Look, there's not a lot to do in the rural south, okay? You gotta make your own fun. <laughs> but then the funnest of all, Goofy Sea Jet Skis. Or in this cartoon refers to them as Wet Skis. Don't and know this why. is one of the greatest callbacks we've ever been surprised with, I think. <laughs> because this becomes a goofy how-to cartoon right in the middle of the special. And we get the full-on goofy how-to narrator. Jet skiing, or sheing, 
That is the ultimate callback. <laughs> yeah, one of the first shorts we we did was the how to ski, and they mentioned it was skiing or sheing. And we were like, what? And we had a whole conversation about that. Yeah, go back to our Goofy Shorts uh, episode if you want to have listen to that conversation. But for that to be the callback for the Goofy portion of this special, and for it to just transform into a Goofy how-to cartoon with the jet skis being full CG models... With CG turnaround. Love it. No notes. Yeah. So this Goofy riding on, trying to ride on two jet skis, standing on both of them. And it goes about as well as you think it would, because he slips off and then he activates all 10 jet skis, which somehow turns into like 100 jet skis because cartoon. And again, now everything goes wrong. Now, the jet skis are completely out of control and they just crash into everything and everyone. This is where the jet skis come in from the beginning of the, of the, of the short and what all of the problems that it causes. <laughs> I do like how we just straight up cut back to the previous animation of the previous four shorts where the jet skis are involved. Like yeah. they didn't they did not even reanimate them. These are just the clips that we just saw. Just now they've added Goofy into those shots. It's so, super like, great. Yeah. Love it. So the the jet skis crash into everything, causing an explosion, which causes the yacht and Minnie's car and Donald's helicopter and Mickey's boat and a Goofy falling through the sky, all crashing into the fireworks stand. And Goofy not only takes blame for what happened, he's happy that he take he of his participation in the destruction of the fireworks stand. Like, like, like taking a storybook thing, and they lived happily ever after. The end. Yeah, I like the storybook ending. <laughs> and, like, Mickey realizes, yeah, we're all responsible in ruining the fireworks. And Donald just says, speak for yourself. Ah, uh, Donald, never change. Never change. You know, the, 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 I mean, he may or may not have a girlfriend at the, at the end of this thing. But, yeah, after seeing all the stories, the walrus mare has to make the announcement that the fireworks that the fireworks have been canceled and this this goes this sets this big chain of events of sadness throughout all of the people that are at the marina which leads to a lot of them hmm how do i explain this throwing garbage into the marina yeah i mean you can be mad at the people but don't Pollute the marina. Come on. Yeah, they just start throwing stuff into the tr into, into the marina. Mickey trying to salvage this. Like, like, like we we we've got to think of something. We got to figure something out. This this can't end the way it is. This can't end like this. Like you know, the, no way we're gonna end this this summer spectacular special on a sad note. And then he kind of falls off this mountain of garbage. That has been made by Mickey and crew. 
falls into a container of ketchup and mustard, and as they shoot up into the sky, become fireworks. So he has a plan to use all of the food that Minnie prepared to make makeshift fireworks out of. Because cartoon? Yeah, I guess. So he put all the food together, trying to turn it into fireworks, and it works. And yeah, everything ends happily with the fireworks going on. Just now it's ketchup and mustard flying everywhere. I like that better than normal fireworks. It's probably quieter and hasn't, like, maimed or killed anybody. Mm, yeah. M Mickey actually succeeded in his mission in getting the gang the best seat in the house for the fireworks. So, yeah, happy ending for everybody. And there's a nice little... Nice little credit montage of them enjoying the rest of their summer together. Daisy is very forgiving of Donald. Maybe too forgiving. So let's get to the question, Kiki. Does the wonderful summer of Mickey Mouse have the magic? Yes, and uh, so does the Hawaiian one too, as long as you don't put much stock in the Hawaiian thing being super important. I'll agree. The Hawaiian holiday—it's a—it's a—it's a good—it's a, good, a nice short. Don't too don't don't think too much about it because Walt didn't. As for wonderful summer, as for wonderful summer, I, I, like I said, the this is this special was hilarious, and it's the best Mickey shorts that have been in a very very long time, and I will miss them now that they are gone, or I will miss them that they are no longer being produced. But at least yeah, all the hopefully they'll stick around on the site. For now, for until, you know, they decide that, you know, they need to get a tax break or something. Yeah, who knows? Save your favorite media, everyone. Yeah, and, and, and this is not like this is the, it's not like this version of Mickey is going away. Obviously, there's there's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at the Disney parks, which still has these these versions of the characters. Disney did just release a new video game uh, for the Switch called Illusion Island, which is based off the these shorts. So they will still be around in some capacity. It's just you know I I, I wish they would continue this, but you know. Disney has other plans. And I please Disney keep these on your side because these are awesome. So uh, next week, uh it's another show that we've wanted to do for a long time. Uh we are going to be taking a look at the Pixar shorts. Uh we are going to be doing a Pixar shorts episode, but we are going to be taking a look at the Pixar shorts that came out before Toy Story. So before Pixar really cemented itself as a film studio back when they were making shorts to sell their computers. So we'll we'll go back and see how those early shorts hold up compared to where Pixar eventually went to. Yep, it's going to be super fun. So come back next week for the early Pixar shorts, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. 
Join our conversations on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Rewatching the Magic. We are on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at Rewatch the Magic. And new episodes are available every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. Podcasts are fun. But there's work to be done. We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support. The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at aclu.org. The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org. The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at thetrevorproject.org. Or find a way to help in your area.